Welcome to episode 145 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Today, guys, we are joined with Sheena Butler Young of BOF Business of Fashion. So I'm gonna we're gonna get a little bit into Sheena's background and where she's from. And of course, guys, make sure you send in your black notes. <laughs> um, but before we start, we're gonna do a little icebreaker, just call this or that. Um, I'm gonna change it up a little bit on you, Sheena. <laughs> Oh, okay. So <laughs> jumpsuits or uh, matching uh, like coordinates? Wow, that's a tough one. Hmm. Probably matching coordinates I'm it, by a very slim margin. I like a jumpsuit <laughs> that you have to use the restroom. Every girl knows that. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you a hoops girl or a studs girl? Hoops all the way. Gotcha. V-neck girl or like a, a crew neck girl? Oh, hmm, hmm, crew neck. Crew neck. Give you a flare sleeve or give you a dramatic bell sleeve? Dramatic bell sleeve. Dramatic bell sleeve, okay. And then same way on the pants, a skinny leg or flare leg? Flare leg. Okay. Because Gen Z told me that. Yeah. Last one. Cargos <laughs> or leggings? Because they're both like the relaxed thing these days. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> leggings. Wow. Leggings. Leggings. Okay, cool. All right. So if we're going to hop right in, Sheena, and learn a little bit about your background, um, a little, tell us a little bit about where you're from, um, your education background, and how you kicked off your career and got that fashion book. Yeah. So I am, uh, as we've talked about, sort of joking o- offline. <laughs> I'm from the Bahamas in the Caribbean, born and raised. My parents are still there. My sister, I have one sister. She's still there. I left um, at 17 to go to come to the States to go to college to study journalism. I, I My first stop was in Missouri. I went to a small private liberal arts college, Missouri Valley College, got my bachelor's in um, mass communications um, and focused on journalism. It was there that I first started kind of exploring that something that I already knew about myself. I knew that I liked to kind of be on stage or like, you know, focus on things that were exciting, like entertainment, fashion. Um, but I didn't want to say it out loud. I didn't want to say like, I want to do something that basically is very cool. When you go, when you're from a, um, I think this is my opinion, from a black family, often when you go to college, they want to make sure you're on a secure career trajectory and sometimes fashion entertainment can sound a little trite to people mm-hmm. um specifically when they're making an investment when you when you're a first generation college student that journalism sounded a little promising if i said news and serious stuff i felt like my parents would buy that so i went with that track but i really really wanted to do something a little more exciting than straight news but at missouri valley college i actually got to do a tv show called the sheena show which aired on local um on the local cable channel in um in that town in missouri so that was where i first started kind of seeing that i could do something a little more exciting than just straight news so i went from missouri valley um went to atlanta for a year did a little bit of tv production stuff i did background acting for vh1 um all kinds of little cool things to kind of get immersed in the industry and then i went to um grad school southern illinois university and i studied again mass com um with a focus on journalism um and from there i moved back to atlanta and started trying to kind of break in 
met my husband. We moved to uh, Connecticut where he was working at ESPN. And then I started applying for fashion journalism jobs from there. And I always make this joke that I'm like that person that, um, you know, loses weight or like gets really in shape and people ask you what the secret is. And it's like, oh, I just like went to the gym and did like a low carb diet. Like I have a very boring entry path. <laughs> okay. I applied. <laughs> I, I told you that before um, offline, but like I applied for a job at Footwear News Magazine in 2014. No, 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 that wouldn't have been 2014. Yeah, 2014, I think that was. And I got it. And I always, I remember I did that interview and the person that was interviewing me, the initial recruiter asked me, um, you know, this job will require you to be on red carpets, interview designers, celebrities, go to fashion shows. Would you be comfortable with that? Like, And they asked me in the most like careful discerning way like that was going to freak me out and I'm like this is my dream are you kidding me and I got that job and from there it's sort of you know I think I think it's very um it can be very difficult to get your first opportunity in fashion but once you do I think if you do every if you play your cards right you know you can really continue to climb and that's sort of been my journey Love that. Love that. Can you tell me about a time in your career where something, this is my, uh, it's a success, it's a disaster segment. (laughs) Can you tell me about a time where something went completely bad, but you learned something from the experience and it made you adapt a new practice um, in your career? Gosh. Well, I mean, there's, in the world of journalism and writing and interviewing sources, there's a lot of things that go bad. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a, a story that is um, there was a, a, a learning moment that might be valuable. Um, I mean, one of the things that I, I've spoken about often is um, the time that I was a part of, you know, I worked for, when I was working for uh, Footwear News, we put out our 40 under 40 list, and basically it lacked, um, there were no people of color, I think, except one Asian woman on that list. And um, we were called out on social media for not, um, not basically not searching for diversity, not highlighting the amazing people of color, black people specifically that work in the footwear industry. And the challenging thing with that list was that it, it was meant to highlight executives in the footwear industry that were, you know, successful or like, you know, in, had major had significant roles at footwear brands an executive is a very um is, a, is actually a very finely defined thing like you're in a leadership role at a at a brand or retailer mm-hmm. um and so the truth is there weren't many black people in leadership roles at footwear brands and so we put out a list that basically reflected what the industry looked like mm-hmm. right and what I learned in that process, though, as we were getting the feedback and we were, like, working together as a team to figure out what, how do we respond to this, what is our way forward, is that my job in those rooms and from there on, well, not, it's not just my job, but I took on ownership that if I am looking in the mirror and what is reflected back is broken, it is my job as a, journalism, a journalist to acknowledge that, to not just say, hey, here's what it is, here's mm-hmm. the industry, but to say, hmm. In, in my research, I discovered that something here is flawed, that there is, a, there is a mechanism in journalism that allows me to, at times, um, you know, speak truth to power. I think journalism is very tricky that way. It's like, how much do you want to toe the line of being an advocate? 
Mm. And does that make you less credible as a journalist if you seem like you're taking a side? Um, does it present a bias? And I think that was a, that was a challenge to me. And I think other people on my team, on that team, to recognize that we do have a role when we see things that are tremendously flawed to acknowledge and to, in fact, sometimes call it out. Um, and that changes. Like when I write stories, it doesn't always work. If I'm being completely transparent, mm-hmm. but I really do try to look at. It could be a story about, you know, supply chain. And I went to my Rolodex or I looked through my email and tried to find some supply chain experts. And I take those calls with those experts, experts, and they're all white men over the age of 50. I, I stop. Like, wait a minute. Like, did I look hard enough to see if there was a black, brown, Asian voice? Was there a woman that I could have spoken to on this topic? That's actually a new approach that I've, like, forced myself to do. And sometimes it makes my job harder, but I think it's worth it. Gotcha. Yeah, I was going to, and I, while you were telling that and you were saying that, I was thinking in my head, do you feel like, well, not feel like, have you ever developed any enemies in the industry because of your, like, transparency and authenticity and bringing some of these issues out? Has that ever been an issue with you? Like, anyone trying to blackball you? I always wondered that, like, when it comes to journalism, because when you guys break, I'm just like, ah, someone's going to be mad. <laughs> Somebody's going to be upset. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure. I'm, I'm not going to name names or brands but I, I there are a couple of brands that I probably feel like use my face for target practice I don't know. <laughs> um, but I would say the hardest thing I tell this to students a lot of times that like when I talk to you know classes or you know, pop in for like a mentorship day and there are aspiring journalists the hardest thing for me personally is that I am naturally not a confrontational person and I don't like I don't like the awkwardness of asking a tough question. So one year when I was like, you know, trying to get my one, when I first came out of undergrad, I went, I joined the National Association of Black Journalists and I went to their conference, which happened to be in New Orleans that year. And I went there and I went to this like training, um, like one of the little workshops where like a, like a professional industry is breaking down a topic. And in the session I popped into, this might've been 2009, Mm -hmm. um, the person that was speaking, like they were a producer for like a news show. And she was saying to the room, she's like, you know, everybody in this room is a journalist. And because we're journalists, we have no problem asking tough questions. We have no problem making people uncomfortable. When I tell you, I started counting the exits in that room. I was like, Oh no, Oh no, this is not, I do not belong here. I, that is so far from who I am. Like as a person, like I don't like, I cringe when I have to, call somebody out like if I'm indignant and that's why I think diversity has been an important subject matter for me because when I think something is really wrong it's so much easier then I then it's like no holes barred but Mm -hmm. but most for the most part I really don't like being awkward asking people like questions that I know they don't want to answer and that's actually been a huge adjustment that I've had to make to really be successful in my career and to be good at my job is that I have to be able to ask people questions that make them uncomfortable and make me uncomfortable Mm. so I I know that there are people that don't always appreciate my work I think diversity in particular is something that there's a lot of fatigue around right now Mm -hmm. and I'm sure there are people in the industry that every time they see my byline and they see the word diversity or inclusion or black people in a headline roll their eyes (laughs) and I it took me it took me a while Um, But not on this topic as much, but it took me a while to be okay with that. I think when you know that your intentions are in the right place, that you're doing an honest 
good job mm-hmm. and there is your job that alleviates a lot of that but um so yeah i know i know especially on diversity that there are people that don't like it that one i really don't mind gotcha so i don't know yeah. i feel like i i now but I don't know if I ever told anyone this. So there was an article. I don't know if you were a part of it or not, but there was an article that came out in 2000, either 17 or 18, and it was called mm. Black in Fashion. And it was all these different excerpts mm. of uh, yeah. just people in the industry and their different experiences like that. And when I read all of those excerpts in that article, that's what made me want to start this podcast. Because I was wow, always talking was about Lindsay People, People's yeah. Wagner that wrote that. Yeah, who That's was it? Now editor in chief of the Cut, Lindsay People's Wagner. Oh, Lindsay People's Wagner. I feel like I've heard her name multiple times. Yeah, she's <laughs> um out of the summer 2020 social justice, you know, all that reckoning around George Floyd. Gotcha. She started um, one of the, you know, the, obviously there was the 15% pledge. Mm-hmm. There were um, a bunch of um, nonprofits and organizations that. Um, Kate, that spun out of that moment, and she and um, Sandry and Charles started one. And it's, I think it's, a, it's Black and Fashion Council, I believe. Got me. Oh, why it's like I follow them on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, I remember because I saw that article and I was reading. I would always, I'd always be talking about it because I started like a women's group. It was like mm. a support group called the Black Girls Designer Club, which I've now turned mm. into a non for profit organization. We do free mentorship and coaching to young uh, girls, ages six to twenty two. But that was the original thing when I looked at that, and I'm just like, what if we didn't just talk about it in this one article, but what if we talked about it all the time? Because I feel like I'm always talking about people. People get ter- yeah. they honestly they get tired of me talking about this shit, but I. I do it anyway <laughs> I do it and people get they get when I tell you shouldn't get tired of me tomorrow I'm actually hosting a um an event at Luminary I'm a Luminary member and it's called uh luxury fashion versus fast fashion is there really a big difference and a lot of the things that I'm going to hit on is how we shop you know as consumers mm-hmm. and how us a lot of us black people we tend to go towards like the the European and like, you know, certain brands because we see them in like a hierarchy too. So I wanted to get deep down, not only like with like what's happening in the industry, but also from a consumer standpoint too, like, okay, what can we be doing better as consumers in order to make a shift in the industry? Because really we decide, you know, like the Mm -hmm. industry can only do so much as far as like diversity inclusions, but the people that's buying the merchandise, like how, how are, how much of your income are you spending on black owned brands? You know? And I want to take oh, it from absolutely. that standpoint. And I'm going, that's why I want to talk about it a lot. And then also what even luxury looks like, because that word is thrown around so much, you know, and it's just like this, what is luxury? Luxury is exclusivity. You know, if you can get it every on every corner, is it really exclusive? You know, are you looking at the craftsmanship? Are you looking at the construction? Are you looking at where it's being made at? And that's what I loved about the sustainability summit. Like when Tracy Reese was going mm-hmm. in about like, you know, the way things were manufactured and how garment workers are, you know, mostly women of color, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, what they go through. And I'm just like, I really want to shine a light on both sides of it. So I can't wait. And I just love that uh, you do it unapologetically. Like, whatever. Like, you got, you guys got a, you got a problem with this? And it is what it is. Because you're going to, I'm going to use my voice. I'm going to own myself in any room I am. And if I see a problem, I'm going to speak out on it. Absolutely. Kudos to you for that, by the way. <laughs> That's amazing. It's true. And it takes, I think it takes, the difference is when you know it's right there. You don't want to die on the sword for everything. Right. Right. But I think this is who we are. It makes it so much easier. Like it's still tough, but I'm, if you don't like me because I'm saying black 
people should have equal access and a level playing field, I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, that is totally fine with me. Mm-hmm. If you're squirming because of the word, because of the word diversity, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. They be squirming, girl. Wait, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I hit publish and I just wait for the, I'm just imagine the like, worms in the aisle. Here we go. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> so uh, before we uh, end, I just have my last segment. It's called It's a Success or It's a Muse. If you could just share a, a book, a mantra, an affirmation, a prayer, anything that you just would want to share with another creative so that they can continue to use their voice and stay motivated and just live out loud unapologetically in their art. <laughs> Yes. Um, So my favorite is always do it scared. Do it scared. I love that because, I mean, I talked about it, I guess, at length already, but I don't wait to feel fearless to do things that I know I need to do. I think a lot of times um, what is impeding us from success is this sense we have that, like, I need to feel no sense of trepidation to take one step forward or to take a risk that actually is a sign that you're going in the right direction when you feel that little angst. Mm-hmm. It's a healthy angst. Um, so I, I've learned over the years that some of my proudest accomplishments, some of the most meaningful, impactful work that I've produced, I have been terrified, if not the whole time, at some point along the way, and that's okay. I just do the thing I need to do while afraid. And my other um, favorite one that I share often is that um, – when you hold pictures in your hold pictures in your mind of the things that you want more of in your life when you worry you hold images in your mind of the things that you want less of so don't do that mm-hmm. and i know that you know anxiety is real anxiety is truly a mental health struggle that many of us experience from time to time so it's not a simple thing don't worry but in fact don't worry don't hold those negative Im- images in your mind because you're manifesting, if you will, things that you actually want less of in your life. As best as you can, hold in your mind images of the things you want more of. Whatever they are, think of those things as much as you possibly can and think less about the things that you don't want. Love that. Yeah, love that. So if you just want to throw out, if you have anything coming up that you like to promote or mention, any events, anything that you're a part of that you like to share, and just how to uh, keep up with you on socials. Yeah, upcoming events. I don't I don't know of any. I mean, Fashion Week is in September. I'm always out and about. If you are a black designer or a black creative industry, please always feel free to say hi to me. I'm always looking to tell our stories and talk about progress on inclusivity. Um, I have a couple stories that are coming out that I think the eye rollers will really, really, really be rolling their eyes off. About. <laughs> so please keep an eye on um, business fashion for some of those stories because there's two in the pipeline that I think are really, really important. Um, I'm usually most on LinkedIn and Instagram. It's, it's just my name, Sheena Butler Young, on Instagram and LinkedIn if you ever want to reach out. Um, and then if there's something really important to talk about, I, I will share my email. Gotcha. Well, Sheena, uh, I need to, you need to do a story on LC Empirical Sourcing because we are all about diversity and inclusion, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, let's talk about it. And I always need a source, Lenise, that can talk about, like, when I'm talking about even the broad theme, mm-hmm. someone that's an, an expert that's in the weeds that can just speak about that. So, oh, yeah. yeah, let's keep talking. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I actually, in side note, I actually was trying to find, like, a little freelance gig that I can do in the industry now that I'm at the job at FIT because I just want to make sure that everything I'm teaching and even to like my clients via LC 
that is current. Yeah. And I got an interview tomorrow with Ralph Lauren for a oh, for a, and it's a it's a, a, a production director position. Um, but it's freelance. Oh, yeah, it's freelance. Um, okay. And I'm like, you know what? I need to mind. And it's men's, which I haven't done in a while. <laughs> Oh, Which I thought would give me a different oh God, perspective. Yeah. Well, I ain't got it yet. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't oh, got yeah, it yet. <laughs> no, it's it's happening. It's happening. It's already. We're already. We're holding that picture in our mind, mm-hmm. as I said, because that's what we want. So we keep Absolutely. thinking about it. It's happening. See, you just it's said happening. it, and I injected up already. Like, yep, I'm already. <laughs> I'm going to speak it into existence. <laughs> well, thank you yes. so much, Sheena, for joining me today. I really appreciate you. Um, and as I always say, guys, stay black. Peace out. <laughs> Peace.